We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikeknopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. It's customary to read from the book of Ecclesiastes uh, on this uh, Shabbat Chol HaMoed of Sukkot. Uh, and uh, as I was talking uh, through, as Kent Rosemont and I were talking through services the other day, uh, she noted something to me that I think was, was a really beautiful statement. She said that Kohelet is really the star of Shabbat Cholamoed Sukkot services. So it behooves us, I think, to spend just a moment reflecting a little bit on, uh, on the meaning and importance of the book of Ecclesiastes. At the heart of the book of Ecclesiastes is a small question. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> just a little question. Just a little tiny question. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's, you know, in some ways you could make the argument that that's the question at the, at the heart of the entire Tanakh, at the heart of the entire Bible. But the book of Ecclesiastes is very self-conscious about that question. And the author of Ecclesiastes, who's named as Kohelet ben David, Melech Yerushalayim, uh, uh, Kohelet the assembler, Ecclesiastes, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Uh, we, as we discussed last night in Gary Goldberg's beautiful session that he led on uh, Kohelet last night, sipping in the sukkah, there is no such king named Kohelet, son of David, recorded anywhere else in history other than in this book. So we don't know who Kohelet was. Tradition has him uh, as King Solomon, which could make sense, uh, except for nowhere else is King Solomon called Kohelet. So it's, it's just sort of strange. Uh, but tradition holds that King Solomon wrote this book, uh, who was uh, the son of David and king in Jerusalem. And so the question is essentially, what is the meaning of life? Now, there are various ways to understand what Kohelet's answer to that question is. Gary led us in a wonderful conversation last night in which we explored a number of different possibilities. And I just want to offer uh, one thought about that question here this morning before Cantor Rosenblatt reads the book. So the opening line of Kohelet is, Havel Havalim Amar Kohelet. Havel Havalim Hakol Havel, which, in, if you look in your translation, reads, utter futility, said Kohelet, utter futility, all is futile. The word futile, that's translated as futile in the English, is the Hebrew word Havel. Now, that's not a bad translation of Havel, uh, of that term, if, when it's used elsewhere in the Bible, it is often used to mean Futile. Some in the King James translation, it's famous, famously translated as vanity, but not vanity as in 
looking about your looking caring about your appearance vanity is in uh, it's a it's a vain pursuit it's in vain it's not going to accomplish anything right and so that's the that's the heart of the question of what's the meaning of life if everything you do is ultimately going to you know fall apart and waste away and build a house eventually it's going to fall down you make your I said this last night when I always say to my mom make my bed it's just going to get unmade anyway what's the point in making it right uh, what's the point in making money it's all going to get spent anyway uh, what's the point in what's the point in you know accomplishing something in your career? You're going to die, and everybody's going to forget about you anyway. And that is, in some senses, the theme of the book of Kohelet: is this futility of, of human endeavor. And in the face of that, what's the meaning of life? What are we supposed to be doing here? What what are we supposed to accomplish? And so Kohelet investigates a number of possibilities to that question. But there's another way that Havel is used in the Bible. Actually, there's a couple of other ways that Havel is used in the Bible. One is uh, meaning breath. Havel means breath. Now that, in some ways, is connected to the notion of futility because breath is something that is ephemeral in, in a certain sense. You can, if it's cold outside, for example, you can see it. You can't really touch it, and it goes away. So it's connected to that term futility. The other way that that word Havel is used in the Bible is as a name of one particular biblical character. Anybody know which character that is? We're going to read about him uh, in uh, next week's uh, Shabbat next week. Uh, well, I don't know if that's going to be our triennial portion, but if we read the full Kriya, that would be uh, who we would read about next week. Who's, who's Havel or Hevel? Abel. Abel. Very good. Who is Abel? Cain's brother and Adam and Eve's son. Good. So the first human beings are Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve. (coughs) Excuse me. And they have two boys, Cain and Havel, Cain and Abel. What do we know about those two boys? Good. So say more, GD. Say more, fratricide. Say more. What What was the circumstances of the fratricide? God, okay. God was, uh, was able sacrifice. <coughs> Good. Okay. So the two boys uh, offer up sacrifices to God. God accepts Abel's sacrifice, but not Cain's. Uh, Cain is apparently upset about this and takes a rock and bashes in Hevel's brains, and Hevel dies. Then what happens? <coughs> Cain is cut off. <coughs> forced to wander, and it says he's marked somehow. Good, okay, so... Cain is made an outcast because of this. He's, uh, he's cast out, forced to wander with a, with a mark of some sort on, on, on his head. What else do we know about what happened after Cain kills Abel, after Cain kills Heva? God comes to Cain and says, Where's your brother? <coughs> Good. His blood is calling from the ground. Good. Excellent. Right? So God says to Cain, Aye, Hevel Achicha. Where is Hevel your brother? And uh, and Cain says, before God says that to back to Cain, Cain says, Good. How should I know? Am I my brother's keeper? 
And then God says to him that the blood of your brother Abel cries out to me from the ground. Now, I'm not the first person to point out, and I believe I I take this from Rabbi Joseph Telushkin. I'm not sure if he takes it from, from someone else. But what he posits is that the, the, the question is really unresolved. Am I my brother's keeper? God doesn't directly answer that question. And what Joseph Telushkin says is that the entire rest of the Bible is an affirmative answer to that question. Cain asks, Am I my brother's keeper? And we, who are all of us Cain's descendants, are taught by the rest of the Bible that the answer is yes. You are your brother's keeper. You are your sister's keeper. And here are the specific ways in which I ask you to live that out in your life. And so think about the notion that the only character in the Bible is named this. What we read in Ecclesiastes is named Havel. And then look at that opening line of Ecclesiastes. Haval Havalim Amar Kohelet. Everything is able. Haval Havalim Hakol Havel. Able, Abel's, everything is able. Not A-B-L-E, A-B-E-L. Everything is Havel. In other words, we, the descendants of Cain, are called to remember that not only our fellow human beings, but certainly our fellow human beings, our brothers and our sisters, but all that exists is related to us. And so when the when God asks the question, or excuse me, when, when Cain asks the question of God in Genesis, Shomer Achianochi, am I my brother's keeper? And the whole rest of the Bible answers yes. Kohelet adds, Hakol Havel, everything is your brother. Everything is your sister. The meaning of life is to treat all of existence as a brotherhood and as a sisterhood. We have responsibilities to everything. And that illuminates a number of things in the book. For example, Ecclesiastes famously says that what benefit is there being a human being versus being a beast? Because we're all going to die just like the beast is going to die. We're going to die. We're all the same. And then it reverts back to that chorus. The animals too are our kin. And we have responsibility to look out for them. It's also, I think, connected to that notion that Havel means breath as well. As uh, Gary pointed out last night, and, and uh, it was really an eye-opening thing for me thinking about that, but breath is what connects all of us together. We respirate out. The plants breathe that in, that carbon dioxide in. They breathe back out that oxygen We and other animals breathe that back in. Breath is what connects all of us together. Hakol Havel. We are all of us breath. We are all of us connected to each other by breath. We are all of us related to each other. We are all of us brothers and sisters, not just human beings, but everything that is Hakol Havel. Everything is your brother. 
Everything is your sister. And so perhaps the message that Ecclesiastes gives us is to treat all of existence as kin and to be therefore responsible for protecting and guarding and watching over everything else that is. Perhaps that's why we read this on Sukkot, the moment in which we go outside, we leave our permanent shelters to re-encounter the world as a reminder that we separate ourselves from the world at our own peril, both our own physical peril, because we need each other, we are bound up together, we are interconnected, and at our moral peril, because we have a responsibility to be for each other.